0: Hello everybody and welcome to the post 20 podcast you're now listening to episode 144 of the show if you can't tell by my upbeat attitude and voice already this is the week one preview for the 2022 2023 English Premier League season I'm so excited I'm joined as always by my co host Matt and what's going on with you this week.
1: Uh, It's been pretty good this week. Work-wise has been settling down. We just had our um, draft night last night for the Prem. Um, I think everybody's pretty satisfied with most of the guys they got. There's a couple people upset with certain things, but I think overall it's going to be a fun year um, and it's going to be capped off this Friday with Arsenal playing Palace and I got I got Jesus and Odegaard on my team, so I'm going to be a big Arsenal fanboy all year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. I get my five-day break next week, so I'll be able to actually watch the games um, this week. I'm just going to have to listen on the fly during work. So um, we'll make do. I just, it's really exciting to be back. It's been a long time coming, and uh, hopefully we can improve on our uh, picks from last year with the predictions of the team's finishes and also just um just the game-to-game weeks of trying to accurately predict these teams yeah. uh any i mean it's tough yeah some teams some teams are gonna have to improve on others maybe we're gonna have to make sure it wasn't a fluke but um it's there's just so much to talk about but i, I just that we can just get right into it really
0: yeah i'm i'm super excited i just realized before we get into things i'm off friday um, yeah, I I requested off because I have my my grandfather's ninetieth birthday party, um, but I totally forgot that the the season started on Friday. So I'm gonna be able to sit in my chair, all decked out in my kit, um, and and just listen. Mike, my, my Jesus jersey, by the way, it's been pushed back yet again. Uh, mm. f- fraudulence is about is is abound. Uh, I don't understand what's going on at, at Adidas, but uh, they they just they don't want me to be able to wear it. They know that I'm gonna to be too powerful once I put that black kit on. So uh, it's unlucky, but I'll I'll have to just wear one of my my older kits. Perhaps I'll break out the throwback on Ray. Um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have to see.
1: They're probably gonna be wearing the blacks there. I since know. They're away.
0: I mean, that's that's probably my favorite arsenal kit that I've. I mean, I like the new red. I re- I really do. Uh, yeah. Chelsea's kits are nice this year too with the the little collar. I think the collar. There's a certain power that comes with the collar. Yeah, and I think
1: the away kits got leaked early. It's like a white with like Yeah. All yeah, that.
0: Yeah. that. Um okay, so so without any any further nonsense, we'll jump right into the first game. We, my computer is glitching so bad today, but we'll jump right into um first game Crystal Palace taking on Arsenal at Selhurst Park uh at 3 p.m. Wow. I mean, Arsenal are the are the favorite here. Uh we don't necessarily know how Palace are going to line up, but I would imagine Arsenal will be at full strength. I'm curious to see if they will start Saliba or not. Um I I would hope so, but I'm imagining that it'll be Ben White and, and uh Gabriel there with Tierney. And I don't think Tomiyasu is going to get the start because he's still injured. So uh, we'll see how the back line looks. But the midfield, I I would expect we're going to see Odegaard. I would expect we'll see Martinelli and um, maybe Saka out on the wing with Gabriel Jesus up top. I was curious when we signed Jesus if he would be playing on uh, the wing or if he would be the number nine. But he played the number nine role all preseason long, and he was banging in goals for fun. So I would imagine it'll be the same here. Um, How about Palace? I mean, how do you feel about Palace lining up going into this one? Not a ton of signings for them. Um, I think, you know, it'll it'll be a, a similar season to what they had last year, but I am curious to see if they'll get off the mark quick here. I
1: think they're going to stay true to how Vieira wanted them last year to start in a 4-3-3. Um, they replaced Gallagher with that chick, the, yeah, chick-, chick from from. Yep. So it's looking like he had a good preseason very young. Um, Chris Richards, who they brought in from Bayern to play right back, isn't going to be available for the first few games, so they're going to have to stick with Nathan Klein out there and uh, the normal back three other than them. So it'll be pretty familiar side, I think, overall. Um, Elize will be out as well, so that's a big plus for Arsenal. Yep. A creative winger they got last year from Reading. So I think Eze's going to step up into a prominent role that game with Zaha and then uh, take your pick with Mateta or Edouard. Um So I think it's pretty familiar there. Arsenal are going to be without Smith-Rowe. He's out with a bit of a groin injury. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Tamiyasu and I think Tierney as well. So your fullback options are pretty it's certain. Be yeah, Bezanchenko and Cedric. So you're going to get two debuts with them. And uh, I think Vieri is going to be out as well, Fabio Vieri. So I don't think he's going to be available yet yeah. um, as a substitute maybe. But I think that we should say now the new rule with the five subs um, is going to be massive now. We're going to see maybe some guys getting taken off Um, earlier than you think, more people are going to get rotated. So there might be more super sub effects in these games, and it'll be really interesting. Um, We could see more younger guys get opportunities in Marquinhos. Um, Vieira, I mentioned, maybe they're going to bring in more defensive players depending on the situation. So um, it's a completely different uh, managerial change really to how you set your team up. And um, it's depending on the situation, whether you make more defensive or, attacking changes, but um, I'm fairly certain. I feel I feel pretty confident that Arsenal's going to get the job done here. It's pretty hard not to take them after the preseason they had, yeah. so I think leading off first pick of the year, i got to go with Arsenal here on the road last year. Um, they were on the road as well against Brentford, and it didn't work Battered. out, but <laughs> yeah. I think starting the year off with the London Derby here against uh, an icon of the club, I think should be pretty fair, and I think they competed well against them last year, so yeah. um, I think all's well and I think the Gooners should start off the year uh, on a better note than last.
0: I agree. Um, I think the key to this season is staying in that, that top four race. Uh, it starts tomorrow, 100%. We need to start the season hot uh, instead of picking up form later on in the season like we did last year. And I think, uh, just like you, Matt, that, that Arsenal get it done here. I think it's going to be a goal fest as well. I just cannot see Jesus, after the preseason he had, not scoring tomorrow i will be unleashing a holy hellstorm of bets tomorrow um <sighs> I, I just i i have to go with the guy I, he's been unreal so far from what i've seen and he looks like he fits right in there at arsenal so i'm gonna take them as well although i do think it'll be a good game i don't think palace are just gonna come out and lay an egg i think it should be uh it should be an entertaining watch for sure no and i will
1: say i think a lot of these games are gonna be pretty underwhelming for our expectations sure, sure. i think I think obviously there's going to be a lot of mistakes still. People getting in form; those first three to four games are going to be a little bit sloppy, but right. um, it's that's what to be expected after a, a long summer.
0: Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh huh. Absolutely. We'll jump right onto the next one: Fulham versus Liverpool, the league runner-up taking on a newly, excuse me, promoted side in Fulham. Uh, I believe that. Oh my goodness, that game is at Craven Cottage, so um, that will be. Probably uh, probably a Liverpool win, if I had to guess. They're going to be lining up uh, with probably their new guys. If I, if I had to figure, no Jota. Obviously, Mane is gone. We're going to see Nunez. We're going to see, of course, Salah. And then we're going to see, uh, what's the other new guy's name is? Luis Diaz. Uh, and I would imagine this is going to be another one where Fulham probably come out flat. Uh, I know that they're they're trying to play for their lives in the Premier League already. That's essentially what you have to do as a newly promoted team. But I I just personally cannot see, especially with the five subs and the liver the the depth that Liverpool have off the bench, uh, Fulham overpowering them. So I'm gonna go with Liverpool in this one, and I think this is just gonna be a a, a complete slaughter. Even though the game's at Craven Cottage, I remember what Fulham played like when uh, Arsenal played them last year but the year before and uh they were just not up to the task so i'm gonna take liverpool here i I think this will probably be an entertaining game to watch just because of the amount of goals that will be scored uh but fulham it's it's 100 percent gonna take them a minute to uh to get up to that standard of play and i think this is kind of just a test game and to to kind of see where they're at
1: yeah i forgot to mention zach gave me his picks too he took he took arsenal as well and then like you he's taking liverpool here too um I'm, I'm gonna have to agree with both of you i think liverpool it's just too much of a tall task yeah to start the year um start your season against a, a powerhouse in them um they will be without a couple boys in curtis jones um, oxlade chamberlain is going to be sidelined until the new year with a hamstring injury so he won't be available and then uh diego jota is also going to be out until the end of the month so you're going to definitely see uh, Diaz and Salas start, and then it's up for grabs between Firmino and Nunez. Um, but I think, regardless of who starts with the five subs, you're going to see both of them used in this game, um, which is nice to see. But um, yeah, I think Fulham's side, since we talked last time, they made two more signings in Kevin and Babu from Wolfsburg. Uh, yeah, that's full a big back. one. That's big. Yeah, uh, previously played for Newcastle in the Prem, never got a good run. So that's why he left earlier, but now he's back. With his pace, they're competing with Kenny Tete at the right back role, and then as well they got a new goalie in Burnt Leno, ex Arsenal, um, out of favor there. Bringing in Matt Turner to be the new backup, so now he's coming in as the starter potentially. I think, um, which is nice to see for him and his career he gets to stay in London. Um, but yeah, I think it's just too much to ask. There's too much change going on. I think we're gonna have to, we're definitely gonna see a, a good performance from Fulham early on. I think they need to capitalize on those first 15 minutes before Liverpool really get the feet stuck in Um, but yeah I think if Mitrovic can get a goal here regardless of the end result I think that would be perfect for his confidence in the team um but i just think the defense is going to get torn apart i think uh, unfortunately to say but i think tim rehm is just not cut out to be a Premier league center back at this point i think his just his pace is going to kill him um in key 50 50 moments it'll just he's just going to be a step off so i think that's what's going to kill him we might see a penalty and we know sala has scored in the past he scored five opening days fixtures in a row now and i think that's the record i think he can extend that and make it six so um we'll see and then as well i think there's like 10 people that have gotten uh hat tricks off the first the first game of the year i think bruno scored a hat trick last year against leeds and this is definitely one for sala to add his name to
0: yeah i agree and i should say um this is sort of a devil's advocate sort of insight here but fulham were unbeaten across both premier league games against liverpool in 2020 2021 Uh, If you guys remember, they drew 1-1 at home, and then they won 1-0 away at Anfield. So despite suffering relegation that season, uh, Fulham's four points against the Reds was their joint most against an opponent uh, in that season. They also had four points versus Sheffield United and West Brom. Uh, So that's that's kind of a a crazy stat. I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case uh this year they 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 don't have our boy scott parker anymore which is uh which is unfortunate for them so we'll have to see it's it's marco silva there now right
1: yes yeah
0: so um i thought that was interesting i i saw that insight uh last night when i was looking through the games so consider it uh don't necessarily uh use that if you're if you're throwing money on the game We have Bournemouth versus Aston Villa up next. This is probably going to be one of those underwhelming games that Matt was talking about. I'll be really curious to see how Villa play here. There are a couple of guys on this Villa team that I'm extremely curious to see how they play. I would imagine Diego Carlos uh, will be getting the uh, start here at center back. I'm really curious to see how he sort of fits in coming in from Sevilla uh, Emmy Buendia, another guy who came in last year, was just super underwhelming. Leon Bailey. I don't know if those guys will be in the team. I would imagine we're going to get to see a little bit more of what uh, Emiliano Buendia can provide for a team this year. I'm I'm hoping that it's better. Ali uh, Watkins trying to get off the mark here early against Bournemouth. Bournemouth is going to be one of those teams that, if we if we really had to guess, probably going to be one that's that's heading back down. Despite having our boy actually at the helm, so um, I'm going to take Villa in this one. I think that this will be a better year for Villa and Stevie G. Of course, he was appointed about midway through half, uh, midway through the season last year. Didn't get the uh, didn't get the full season to prove what he is capable of after a really impressive sort of start to his managerial career at Rangers. But I think Villa are, are going to get off the mark here. I think that they get a win. Um, but the first first half is probably going to be flat, if I had to guess.
1: Yeah, this will be the sixth competitive meeting between the two sides. Bournemouth have won three of the last four previous Premier League head-to-head meetings, with all those victories coming as a 2-1 scoreline. Uh, Bournemouth's only previous loss to Villa in the top flight did come on match day one in the 15-16 campaign, which ended in a 1-0 win to Villa, and Villa did play a newly promoted side last year in Watford and lost three two so um conflicting things there but uh bournemouth have actually made a signing since uh we talked last marcus travenier from Middlesbrough, left winger 23 years old english for about 13 million dollars giving some depth there on the wings um they're going to be without a few guys in um david brooks who is i think he's been recovering from uh, uh cancer over the past few years some sort of that form of that um, which is nice to see for him new signing Joe Rothwell center mid's going to be without uh, he's going to be unavailable with a minor mus- muscle strain and then Ryan Fredericks at right back as well will be out for the first game with a bit of a calf injury so um, it's going to be pretty much the championship side that came up so um, it's going to be a big test on CVG if, um, if they need to get off the mark right away because we both believe they're going to be a top 10 finisher this year uh, or right around that and it's you need, we, we mentioned with Arsenal needing a good start. Uh, Villa need to as well. They they come into this game with no injuries, but maybe one to a uh, center back who's lower on the depth charts. But I do think we're going to see those new signings start in Kamar and um, Diego Carlos. Um, and I, I I think I'm buying in on Leon Bailey. He's been playing every preseason game. He's been getting in on the goal contributions um, he may be taking over for Danny Ings a bit. He'll be taking yeah. minutes away from him um, when they play a 4-3-3. So Ot Watkins in the middle with Bailey off to the left as an inside forward. So I, I'm buying into him. I think he's going to definitely have a big year. Um, he needs to start off strong, make sure he's getting his lim- his minutes limited a bit because he is injury-prone, but I think it's a huge year for him. And, and uh, he's pretty much almost like a new signing to really because his minutes were very few and far between last year. But um yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Villa as well. I think it's tough to pick a newly promoted side, especially the the way Bournemouth is, is constructed right now, to yeah. to get a result here. But anything is possible. They are home. Um, it's it's uh, anything I think Solanke definitely similar lines with Mitrovic, um coming off a of year he did last year. It's uh, they just need one goal and they can just pack it in and really sell it home. So, um, but I do think Stevie G gets off the mark here
0: um yeah okay we'll move on to newcastle and nottingham forest newcastle poised for uh I'd say definitely a victory here they've made some really good signings I'm curious to see how Sven Botman sort of fits into this team if he's gonna get the start right away I would imagine yes but we'll have to see they play they paid a ton for him so um, I would imagine they're going to probably try and get him in and, and functioning in this system as soon as possible. Newcastle with a really impressive sort of second half last season. Nottingham Forest, of course, a newly promoted side. They did just pay an unbelievable wage, or they they will be paying an unbelievable wage to new signing Jesse Lingard. He's probably going to be the... Uh, sort of cornerstone piece for Nottingham moving forward. I think it's actually a great move. I'm I'm really excited to see how Lingard sort of plays there, but uh, Newcastle, a, a much more established side now, just thanks to their second half last year, well-coached, um, well-managed, and I think that the guys really are starting to play for uh, the name on the badge. Newcastle are a team that has an unbelievable history in the Premier League. They've, of course, had... A ton of turmoil now uh, with their most recent owner Mike Ashley, but it seems to me that since the the PIF has has a, taken over Newcastle, that it's sort of a new club identity back to uh, back to the importance that they once had in the league. So I think Newcastle get off the mark super quick here. I like uh, I like a commanding win over Nottingham Forest, who are again relegation or not a relegation side, probably going to be a relegation side. Uh, but a promotion side who are just going to try and be in the game, getting the pace, and I just think Newcastle with Gamarash boss, uh, bossing the midfield, and of course, um, their guys up top, I I love uh, Callum, whatever the fuck his last name is, Wilson, Wilson. I was going to say Robinson, but it's Callum Wilson, uh, that's, to, to get a that's, goal that's here.
1: The, that's our West Brom guy.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, I love Callum Wilson to get a goal here. I drafted him on my fantasy team, and I just don't think the Nottingham Forest defense is going to be up to play. I'm also really uh, curious to see how Nick Pope plays, if he's going to get a uh, a couple of saves here or if it's just going to be a, a Newcastle domination fest. The win probability for Newcastle is extremely high. Um, I, I'm imagining they'll be a pretty hefty favorite. Um, and then I had one other little thing to say about them uh nottingham forest have lost each of their last six away league games against newcastle um since a 1-0 victory that they had in october of 1988 they've conceded at least twice in each defeat that's a total of 17 goals over six away league games so probably gonna be a tough one here for nottingham uh i'm gonna take newcastle straight up
1: yeah in this in this fixture alone the magpies have a combined score line of Fifteen to four in their favor, while they've also won four out of the four on home soil, uh, with a twelve to two aggregate. So yeah. this is pretty much lined up to be at Newcastle all day. Yep. Um, Zach and I are both going Newcastle as well. It's I think Forrest is going to put up a good fight. I watched a couple of their recent preseason games. Um, it's they're still defensively a bit of issues. But going forward, there's a lot of creativity. Lingard is a massive part in that. Um, Brandon Johnson is doing his bits on the the right wing. Um, And Tywo is holding up the play up top as well. So I think they're starting to create some chemistry up front, but I think the back is going to hold them down. I think St. Max is going to be too much one-on-one going at those boys. He'll be on Nico Williams' side. So it should be an interesting matchup there. Um, I think they're going to be without a few players as well. Ryan Yates, center mid will be out. Omar Richards, a le- new left back they got from Bayern, will be out as well. Um, Newcastle on the other hand, no John Joselvi for the first couple games. So um I think Joe Willock's gonna step into the lineup there to start, or maybe Sean Longstaff with Jolington and, and Bruno, Bruno Guimarães. So I think it's pretty much gonna be the same lineup from last year for Newcastle. Um I, I don't think you can go wrong either way with Dubrovka or Pope, no. but um mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the back line I'm really interested to see because Sven Botman, you mentioned, is a big signing for them. He played a lot of minutes their last few um, preseason games. I didn't really see Dan Byrne. Nope. They're switching to a back four, um, or they're keeping their back four. I thought potentially they could have been going to a three back, three center backs with the wing backs in, but it's going to be Botman and, and Lachelle, Lascelles or Byrne and Share. So they have a lot they have strong depth in that position. Yeah, they do. Um, which is nice for them. Um a lot of strong backs there. Um Botman can definitely play be a ball playing guy out of the back as well. But um a lot of the play obviously is gonna come from that left side in Saint Max and uh Wilson's gonna be a strong proponent proponent into their success this year. So hopefully he can limit those injuries, nothing long term, but um I think the five substitution rules really gonna help him personally. So yeah yeah I think Newcastle here definitely, by at least two.
0: yeah, and the teams that do have depth, um you know, maybe not even necessarily all over the pitch, but just in certain positions, that five sub rule is going to be a total game changer. It really is. It's going to be important. Um, I'm super curious to see how much of those subs or how many of those subs actually get used. Uh, for yeah. some of the smaller clubs, it'll be really it'll be really interesting to watch. I'm I'm gonna yeah. keep track of of how many subs each team make. Um, and you're, and you're still gonna week. have
1: the they're still gonna have the concussion sub too, so sure. six almost.
0: Right. Um, okay. So Tottenham Southampton up next. Another 10 a.m. game on Saturday. Man, you do you know how hard I want to say this game's gonna be a draw? Um, I. <laughs> Something, something's weird about this one. It's probably the fact that I have a $200 bet on the line with a a fellow friend, a Tottenham fan. Um, I I bet, I bet with him that Arsenal would finish above Spurs. Uh, I think this is the year that it happens. I don't know if Tottenham are going to get right off the mark this season. I mean, if you look at their team, they have improved. Uh, 100%. They were extremely impressive last season. Can't take it away from them. Under the direction of Antonio Conte, he came in. They were a little bit of a transition period. It was tough, but uh, he got them firing on all cylinders. They finished the season extremely hot. Kane was in form. Son was in form. Uh, Kulisevsky came in and was incredible right off, the, uh, right off the mark. Tottenham probably win this game. I'm going to take them to win this game. Um, but uh, a part of me really wants to say that that they won't. I just don't think Southampton are going to be up to the task. They were really, really shitty towards the end of last season. Uh, I have them of course, I think in what is it 17th or I think I have them in 18th. they're in a relegation spot on my preview yeah. so uh yeah. I, I can't fade myself, you know right after my my prediction. so I'm gonna take Tottenham here. I think they they get it started hot. And uh, I'll be super curious to see if Harry Kane looks the way he should or not, because he last season it was a, a slow start.
1: Yeah, he had the whole transfer saga yeah. going on, similar to how Cristiano Ronaldo is at this point. But I think Southampton right now, with the sheet we have here, the the win ratio on the opening day in the Premier League, they've played twenty three times, only won twice, and ten draws, the other eleven being losses, and. In this matchup in particular, Spurs have only lost four of their previous 23 Premier League home matches against Southampton, winning by an aggregate scoreline of 55-26. to 26. Um, That said, last year, uh, Spurs lost this exact fixture, 3-2, on a Che Adams yeah. League winner. And uh, these two sides have met on the opening day of the Premier League only once, way back in 92-93, where it played out into a nil-nil stalemate. So... I I mean the Spurs lineup is going to be the same as last year. The only starting lineup change is going to be Perisic on that left wing back role. Other than that, everybody else is going to be fighting for time that was brought in. Richarlison is suspended for this game following the last game of last year. Um, Basuma will be out the first week or two with a bit of a knock and he has to earn his time uh from Hoiberg and Bentacor, who played phenomenally last year uh the last 3 months and then uh Oliver Skip, another center mid's gonna be out as well. So it's gonna be the same lineup for them as last year. Same as Southampton. They're gonna be without uh Tella and Walcott on the wings. So they're gonna be very they're gonna be very um weak going forward. Um, Joe Rebo from preseason uh, I've watched this has been a very big strong point for them going forward. He's very big for them in the transition. It doesn't put as much pressure in Ward-Prowse. He doesn't have to push up as high as he did last year. so I think that's going to help him a lot and save some energy on set pieces and that for him, but um, still, that back line is going to be very thin with Livermento and um, Perot going to be out for a bit, but yep. I think I think it's going to be it's going to be a tough start for them. I think Spurs here by three. Okay, cool. And then Zach as well is going with Tottenham. So we don't have any differences yet.
0: No, um, that's usually a terrible sign. It's have- tough.
1: It's tough. You always lean towards the favorite week one because you're just, you're just you don't unsure. Know. You're yeah. unsure.
0: Yeah, so Leeds United versus Wolves is up next. Uh, mm. This is my first draw. I- oh. Do you have a draw too? Yeah, Uh, I don't know what to expect from Leeds. They've made a lot of signings. They've lost guys. Um, No more Calvin Phillips. That's going to be huge. We're going to have Bamford back full strength uh, probably for (laughs) at least a half of this game. The guy's always injured. We're not playing for some reason or another. So I think that could be a problem, but um, Wolves going to come out. Probably performed just like they did towards the end of last season. They were a little bit flat, but they do have Traore back, so that's going to be a huge draw. I do like uh, the amount of offense that's going to be played in this game. I think Leeds are playing more as a unit now. Uh, It's certainly going to be interesting to see them play without Rafinha. He was extremely pivotal in their performance last season, part of the reason they stayed up. He is, of course, at Barcelona after Chelsea were unable to seal the deal there. Arsenal also unable to seal the deal. Um, But leads are, are going to be poised under their new manager to sort of play as a unit and, and get a decent result here. I think the goal for them is to just get a point, And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I just don't think Wolves have enough to break them down. We're going to see Aronson here. We're going to see Adams. Uh, I'm really excited to see how those guys perform. But... I don't, think, uh, I don't think they have enough up top with Bamford sort of getting back into play and trying to find his footing again after a season of just not really playing. I don't th- think they have enough to break Wolves down, who were decent defensively last year. And I think this game is probably going to be a nil-nil or a 1-1 draw. So if you guys are going to sprinkle a little bit on an under, I think this is probably one of the games to do it.
1: Yeah, Zach took a draw as well, and I just changed my pick. I, I'm going to go with Wolves here. I think both squads are going to be heavily hurt with injuries. Um, Leeds have pretty much, I would say, their four starting defenders out, um, as well as Forshaw in the yeah. middle depth position there. Dan James is going to be suspended for this game, and then the new signing uh, Sinistera is out as well. And then I, I still think Banford is not fully back yet. It's just preseason watching him it's just not there for him Rodrigo is going to be their main force going forward he's played a great role for them from what I've watched Aaronson as well has played well Um, on the Wolves side they're going to be without Semedo and Jimenez Jimenez is going to be out for the first four to five games um, with an MCL strain so a big step up for Huang Hee Chan and Prey Jornetto up there I still think they've been trying to ship off Adama Traore but He's still at the squad with a bit of an injury, so he may not get any minutes here. So I don't know. It's but I, Looking up these squads on paper, I don't like either of them to get a win here. No, I don't but, but if I, I have to go with the experience of Wolves here in the middle, I think Neves and Moutinho will definitely have a better showing than than uh, Aronson, Adams, and uh, whoever else they decide to throw in there for their third. Um, and, and Roca maybe as well, a defensive mid they got from Bayern. so. Um, I think it's gonna be a tough start for Jesse they're gonna have a lot of they're gonna have to battle a lot of a lot of demons at the beginning to really fix their stuff they brought in a lot of new players so um, they're gonna have to figure things out on the fly and I think they're definitely gonna battle early on in that that relegation zone but I think sooner or later they're gonna figure it out but yeah I think Wolves at the end of the day will get the three points here
0: All right, cool Uh, what do we have up next Everton and Chelsea, El Blazerico. I am going with another draw. Um, Chelsea not necessarily bringing in as many guys as they probably should have so far this season. Um, I don't think that they're done in the transfer window yet. They did get... Uh, Kaladu Koulibaly from Napoli. I think that's a great signing. They needed to improve their center back strength after losing Rudiger. Uh ton of experience in Syria. A. A great player. He's going to be wearing 26, which is John Terry's uh, old number. I actually yep. saw the video of him calling uh, John Terry and asking if he could wear 26. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, but something about Everton, Chelsea struggle with i don't know what it is uh we saw everton essentially save their season last year against chelsea i i don't know what the mental block is here but they just i don't know everton have won each of their last four premier league home games against chelsea only once in their history have they had a longer run against the blues winning seven in a row between 23 and 35 that's 1923 and 1935 um, so that run of four consecutive defeats, I'm 100% sure, is going to be weighing on Chelsea. Uh, we still have the lack of a genuine number 9. Havertz is going to be playing that role. Lukaku's gone. Uh, we have Pulisic, who I have no idea what to expect from this year. Sterling's probably going to be starting over him. I do think that's a good, a good signing. I can see Sterling getting on the score sheet here, but I think somehow Everton are able to just get one back, maybe late. Uh, and I I love this game ending in a draw. I just I don't have high hopes for Chelsea this season. I'm sure that they'll string some results together at some point, and they'll have a good finish. Uh, I, I don't think that they're going to be really suffering or anything like that. But uh, this is a tough game for them. Everton have had their number for a while now, and I think uh, I think that streak continues. I I like a one one draw here. Yeah,
1: I mean back in your points, Chelsea have started the year with a trip to Goodison. Um, they've lost their last four away meetings against the Toffees, scoring just one goal. In fact, Chelsea have won just once at Goodison across their previous eight visits, one draw and one and six losses in those eight. Um, and then the sides have only met once on opening day, playing a nil-nil draw at Stamford Bridge. But Chelsea's opening day Premier League record, when playing away, um, remains strong with seven wins, two draws and three losses. It will be a miracle for Everton to get a result here. Not just a win, but even a draw. They, I think, have the most injuries at this point. No Coleman at right back. Gomes and Tom Davies will be out in the middle. Andrews Townsend is going to be out for a while. Solomon Rondon is suspended and DCL has been ruled out. So they will be playing this game without a number nine. So it's going to be Gordon or Gray playing like a false nine. They bring in Dwight McNeil from Burnley, who probably will also be starting up front there. Um, Allen is, has a bit of a knock, but I think he will be able to play with Jacore in the middle. And then they could probably throw in Deli Alley in the middle as well. Um, or if they play that wing back, they could go with Awobi and uh, Minkolenko on the wings with Tarkovsky, Mina, and Godfrey in the middle or Holgate. Um, they have a lot of options in the back. They also signed Ruben Vinagre from Wolves as the left wing back option. So I think they're pretty strong when it comes into depth in the back. But going forward, it's going to be very weak. I I, I think I initially was going to pick a draw as well, um, going off of our signings, um, off of this these notes here for everton but with the amount of injuries they have and with no number nine just like we don't i think just off of um quality in the squads i think chelsea just get the job done here maybe by one goal so and then zach as well is going with chelsea
0: yeah okay cool um all righty what do we have up next leicester city and brentford i don't want to go for three draws in a row but uh, i'm kind of feeling it now brentford Hoping to start their season like they did last year in red-hot form. Of course, they got that win against Arsenal at the beginning of last season. That sort of destroyed my hopes for the season almost immediately. Uh, I'll be curious to see if they can get that done here against Leicester or not. This game, of course, is at the King Power Stadium, so it's a home game for the Foxes. Uh, I'll be curious to see how they line up, but this is the first time that Leicester City will begin a league campaign against Brentford. The Foxes are unbeaten in their last six meetings against the Bees. They have five wins and a draw. Uh, Their last defeat was a 3-2 defeat at home in March of 1953 when both teams were in the second tier. So Redford lost both uh, fixtures against City last year, both by a 2-1 scoreline. I think it's going to be a Leicester win here. I hope that Jamie Vardy gets his season started, gets cooking early. They, of course, do still have James Madison. It looks like he's going to be on the move here soon. Um, but as long as Tielemans and and uh, James Madison are in the side, I don't think Leicester have anything to worry about. Fofana is back. Do you know what the word on Fofana is? I think Chelsea were in for him, too.
1: Yeah, I believe Leicester turned down like a 70 million pound bid for him. So there's shit. They're looking for around the 80 region mark. I think we were trying to include um, maybe a potential player in return, but I think they're pretty firm on keeping him. We're going to have to pay an astronomical fee to get him. He's not I worth think.
0: 80 mil. Yeah,
1: they're, tr- they're basing yeah. it off of when they sold McGuire for 80 mil, which is fair. Um, the precedent is in place, but I think we just have made our business too we've, – we've waited too long. So now yeah. we're at a point where teams see that we're desperate and we'll try to – Get as much money from us. I think Cucarello instead can be a good short term option. Yeah, I agree. Um I, I don't I don't even think that is confirmed yet. There were reports that everybody was coming out, all the big journalists were saying it's true. They've agreed on like a fifty, two and a half million pound deal. Um, but the, the I think Brighton came out and said that isn't true. But I think they did something similar in the past, um, with other players. So I think it eventually will get done. I don't think we're gonna see him um maybe before next game, but We'll have to see. I think, I think Lester's just doing their best to keep what they can because they haven't signed anybody and they just let go of Kasper Schmeichel yesterday. They're starting yeah. goalie, so they're going to have Danny Ward in goal who has a bit of a knock, and they loaned out their third string goalie. So they only have one goalie on the books unless they promote a youngster. So they're going to be pretty frail in the back. Um, no injuries other than that. And to your Jamie Vardy point, uh, historically August is his best best month in his career. So I think he's definitely going to score at least one or two goals here. I'm going with a draw, though. Zach's going to go with Brentford. So we get all get a bit of different, different opinion here. So I think Brentford should be switching to a four-back here. I think last year they were playing the three. This year they're making a transition. They're, they've made good depth in the team to where Thomas Frank could be confident in the four-back. They're going to be without Ethan Pinnock and Christoph Eyer. So they're, they're going to have to start uh, Pontus Janssen, the club captain, and new signing Ben Mee with the wing, with the fullback roles in Rico Henry and then new signing of um, Aaron Hickey. So I think they're going to be pretty good going forward. Um, they have Ivan Tooney up front, who's going to be a beast. He's going to have to um, be given a lot of attention to the center backs in Leicester. And I still think they're going to have that problem on set pieces. Um, giving up a lot of goals on corners and free kicks, Uh and I think that's where Brentford really capitalized with their size. So it's going to be a hard-fought game at the King Power, but I think ultimately it's going to end in maybe a one-one, two-two draw.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be with the Fox this year, but I think that'll be an entertaining game to watch. Both of those teams need to get off to a hot start. Uh, we have Manchester United versus Brighton up next. Oh.
1: This is the, uh, this is the, right off the bat and right off the bat I'm going with a with a draw. I think it's uh if we're looking at the opening day at man United with the most amount of games played, have the best win ratio um with about a sixty nine percent win ratio in twenty nine games they've won twenty of them uh four draws and five defeats, brighton on the other hand uh two wins and three losses so um stat wise here united opening their campaign uh, at old trafford um they've beat the what was it Aside, they've they've beaten brighton at home in their previous five home games um i think they've had the longest run so far starting the league at home with like six yeah this is their sixth straight game at home to open up last year they beat Leeds 5-1 with a bruno hat trick um each in each of the past four home meetings between these sides united have scored at least two goals uh, and then when opening uh, a new campaign at Old Trafford, United have only lost once to Swansea, two to one. Um, shout out, meet you. So they're very strong at home to open up. Last year at home, they've really struggled. That's why I'm thinking Brighton get at least a draw here. I've been watching a lot of preseason. Le- Leandro Trossard has been an absolute demon for them. Um, picking up a lot of the slack from other guys. Um, I think Alexis McAllister is going to pick up a bigger role for them in the middle, uh, attacking mid from Argentina. Um, Sully March, I know you like him. I do, yeah. Um, And Weipu is going to have to pick up that Basuma role, which I think he definitely can um, after being picked up last year from from a previous club. Um, Yeah, I just think Brighton's structure is definitely going to outmatch the the amount of time that Ten Hag has had with Man United. I think they're definitely going in the right direction. But the Ronaldo factor, um, we, you mentioned uh, before the show, Martial is ruled out. Um, so it's pretty much going to have to be Ronaldo to start. Um, I think he's a true professional and will play to his best ability um, because he's going to have to showcase himself to other clubs still. If he slacks off, people are going to want him even less. So, I don't know. I think I'm really interested to see which lineup or which defenders start. Um, last year, I, I said the poorest words of United have the best defense on paper.
0: Yeah, Well, They're they the, did. They did.
1: Yeah, but looking back, it's I mean, hindsight's 2020. 20, but yeah, uh, they have three center backs to pick from now in Martinez, Moran and Maguire. I think Maguire definitely starts as the captain. So, And then I'm leaning more towards Martinez because that's Ten Haas guy with Malassia as well over Shaw and potentially Delow over Juan Basaka, So I think it's going to be a strong match. I think we're definitely going to see good football played on both sides, but I think it's going to end in maybe a nil-nil draw.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the draw as well. I've tried to talk myself into to Brighton winning this game, but I just can't say it with their lack of striker options. Uh, United are gonna have a much better offense in this game, but I do think that the formation and structure that Brighton plays is 100% gonna outmatch United. The fact that Ten Hag hasn't had time, and the fact that that team is just still in flux with their new signings and how they're gonna line up, I just can't see United coming out and getting off to a hot, structured start. So I'm gonna take a draw. I think Brighton are in a more stable position, which is actually kind of crazy to think about, but I just think. That that it's true so i'm gonna take a draw as well i I do like both teams to score but i don't think that united are able to steal it i i think maybe united could even score first but brighton are going to be able to work their way back into this game if they if they seem to sort of stutter at the beginning i wouldn't worry i do think that that brighton are are going to get a result here and i think uh uh one point from that that fixture is is totally fine for brighton
1: yeah absolutely i think. Their goal of mid-table, is, this is definitely a result they can get. And, I mean, they're they're coming off as winners in the most recent game, that 4-0 annihilation at the end. But Zach's going to back United here. And then as well on a Brighton's point, um, Graham Potter has told Mark Cruccarella to sit out of team training ahead of the game, so he probably won't be in this game. So that's a huge point on that left side for them going forward. Um, they're going to have to fill that void, which is going to be hard to do. So we could see Sancho on that right rip things up a bit.
0: Yep. Um, Okay, West Ham versus Manchester City is our final game of the week one preview. This is going to be entertaining. Really entertaining. I think this is going to be a goal fest. Um, City looked pretty good in preseason. I'm a little worried that City are going to have to change the way they play if they want to get the most out of holland um in that match that we just watched what was that the community or community shield yeah holland was not good um
1: he i think he was so used to i think he was still playing like he was in the bundesliga yeah, and, and then that, he
0: met van dyke he missed he was scared he was 100 percent scared he had two sitters that he missed he blew one into the crossbar. He blew one over, and he missed another one. So three sitters. I don't know what that was. If that was just an anomaly, or if he was actually dead scared of Van Dyke. I think probably it was the latter. Um, and I I am a little bit worried about the way that he's going to get off uh, get off the the starting block here for City. I just think they're going to have to probably change things up a little bit. They lost Sterling, they lost Jesus, they lost Nchenko. Those guys were funnily enough all rotation players. Um so I think we're going to see more flank sort of play from City if if you know, if Pep wants Holland to to perform at his best, the build-up's going to be a little bit different. So I'm not necessarily confident Really, 100% confident in a city win here. I think West Ham have made some signings. They've retained Declan Rice. They've retained Jared Bowen. Antonio's still there. They they got Gianluca Scamacca, that guy that played for Sassuolo. I think he had like 18 goals or 19 goals in 36 appearances last year. He's gigantic. He's six five. He's got an unbelievable strike. I'm curious to see if we see him in that game. Uh, and West Ham have a pretty stable midfield with Suchek back there as well. So, um, I'm going to go with a draw. I think West Ham are a team that are going to perform this season. They've got two seventh-place finishes in their last two seasons. You can't count them out. They started the season well last year, I think. And I think they're going to do it again here. I'm I'm taking like a 2-2 draw. I think West Ham stay in this game. Um, And, and this might be the season where City have to sort of grind and, and really play catch up game instead of instead of just retaining their lead like they did all last season. Um, I think it's just gonna be a a little bit of a different year. That that community shield game really sort of opened my eyes to some of the issues that City have and uh I think I think it's gonna be a draw here. I'm I'm excited for this game.
1: Yeah, City are unbeaten against uh, West Ham in their last 13 meetings with 10 wins and 3 draws. Um, they're also 7 unbeaten away to West Ham, scoring a staggering average of 3.14 goals per game. West Ham last managed to keep a home clean sheet against City back in November of 2012, although the two most recent editions of this fixture in East London were both draws. Um, City have played away to West Ham on the opening day, uh, twice previously winning 2 0 in 07 and 5 0 in 1920, thanks to goals from Aguero Jesus and a hat trick from Sterling. Uh, Erling Holland has previously scored on his competitive debut in the Bundesliga Champions League and the DB- DFB Pokal. He remarkably netted hat tricks on both his German top flight and Champions League bows. Um, I'll be shocked if he gets a hat trick here. I don't think, I think. The point on him struggling against Liverpool, it's not like every team is Liverpool this year. Um, If he played Liverpool 38 times, maybe that'd be a concern, but they're going to have games where it's going to be a lot easier on him. Um, The pressure is not going to be on him as much. There's going to be players around him getting the goals first, so there's not as much pressure on him to get that first goal. Um, I think Craig Dawson, probably starting back there at Kurt Zuma, is definitely going to be more chippier than Van Dyke on him. He's definitely going to pick up a couple more knocks here. Um, Holland is injury prone a bit. He's, he still has not finished a full season without one to two injuries. So that may be a concern for them, but that's where I think Julian Alvarez may be a value pick. If you're playing fantasy in the middle, I think he's really flown under the radar based off all the media hype on Holland. Um, But I, I, I'm still going with city Zach's going with city. Um, It's too much to ask. West Ham are pretty much going to come out with their same team. It'll be interesting to see if they make a formation change with Gianluca coming from Italy. He may play alongside Antonio. He's a big, big stature kind of guy with Bowie maybe off to one of the sides as well as Fournals. um But it's pretty much a West Ham side from last year. Again, their center back signing Aguered is going to be out with ankle surgery until mid-September potentially. So... It's not going to be anything different, and then Man City coming to this, no Laporte. So, I think I think I'm leaning more towards Ake starting over John Stones at this point, based off of preseason minutes. But yeah, I just think Man City need to need to start off strong if they want to keep up with with Liverpool, really. But I mean, who knows? Historically, Man City do get off to, to weak starts, and then that Christmas period comes, and that's when they just pick up form. Yeah. So I I think a draw here is definitely more favorable than maybe an outright winner.
0: Yeah, I think there's going to be value on that draw pick if you take a look at the odds. So, I need to I need to sit down and and talk about or and look at what some of these odds look like because I mean, if you're not putting in a four-team or a three-team parlay on the opening match week, uh, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but that concludes uh concludes our our little preview i'm so excited uh for the show to get back into full swing for the season to get back into full swing i have some fantasy football content uh that's going to be coming out in the next couple weeks here i gotta we got to do our draft and then we're gonna do a preview show for the nfl so with uh with that and this and matt's high school show uh the post 20 podcast is back into full swing i'm super excited Sort of see what happens with our our listens, our follows this season. Maybe this is the year that we break out. Maybe we're going to have a a Cucurella year from from last year. I'm excited to see what happens. But uh, until next week, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, Make sure that you check us out on social media at Post20Pod, Twitter and Instagram primarily there. Those will start to get active again now that the season's back and we're going to have more content for you. And then you can check us out on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. The past episodes of the show are on there. All the future episodes will be there as well. Matt, is there anything else you want to say to these guys before we shut the show down?
1: I'm just hoping, for your sake, we're not here next week really upset about uh, our team's I results, really. And uh, hopefully nobody gets hurt. Um, I'll be back Sunday with another edition of the High School Show. I'm excited to keep that going. Um, Not this Saturday, but next Saturday, we're going to have more um, discussion. We're going to have an 8v8 tournament going down, so we're going to have some stuff to talk about. Um, I think I'm going to be with one of the younger teams. We're breaking up into two teams and um, be able to break down some of the younger guys and see how they play. But, yeah, I'm really excited on the grassroots level and also in the professional game.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening again. Take care. Hopefully you have a good first week on the books if you are a betting man. And hopefully you just enjoy the football that is so happily back in our lives if you aren't a betting man. We will see you guys next week. Take care. Good luck.